Happy New Year, Zach. Hello, and Happy New Year. I, I don't think I've really said Happy New Year. I don't know. I don't like. I don't always get into that whole thing. We're like, in that weird start... part, weird period of time right now, where it's like, how long do you say Happy New Year? When do you stop? When do you go back to normal? How many times do you write twenty three and twenty four instead of twenty four? Because you know you're like, oh, I gotta. Do people actually write anymore? I don't know. I still have yeah. tons of paper. I remember in school like, that was always a big thing, but um, yeah, not so much anymore. Oh, checks. So you, the, the one or two checks that I write, uh, yeah, maybe I'll. Hit hey, 23 that as to twenty-three. That would screw that person up, whoever's trying to put that uh, in the bank, because you know you only have one hundred eighty days to put that in. I so far have not put twenty-three down. Same. Usually, like Same all thing. my notes, I usually put like this the date that I wrote them, so that I can go back. I don't know. Uh, excited for today's guest. I've known her for. I'm gonna say twelve years. Oh, I don't it's, know it's been you, well. I. I met, yeah. I think that I met Nancy. Nancy Gearden is our guest today. I met Nancy at Hatch on what was the Mentor Tuesdays back in the day. So <laughs> it's been at least twelve years, if if not longer, that you've known Nancy. I don't know how. What? How? Okay, so now we know how Tim and you you met Nancy. How did how did we meet? Do it just by chance, like Zach. How you and I met? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You remember? <laughs> I sure do. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Good memory. I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, my our dear um, co uh, colleague of long time for both of us, Marty Kazabowski, right? Mm -hmm. I had just um, left Amerigroup and was starting my own consulting company, Avenir to okay. work as a fractional CEO um, with startup companies. And um, I had done a lot of that work in, you know, my prior, my prior uh, world. And he said, you yeah. need to meet Zach because you were starting Hatch. Got it. And that's exactly what happened. We sat down and we had coffee, you know, the normal thing you do, right? You have coffee, <laughs> right? And the rest is history. Do wow. people still do? Do people still do that? Like go and have coffee, like meet someone? Is that still? Yeah, a thing? people yeah. still do that. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's. I it's did back. it just last week. Okay. Yeah, I. I, well, I don't know. Yeah. Like I always try and pitch like one of these because it's like, you know, if you're not liking the conversation, you can accidentally have technical difficulties. Yeah, you and, could have a technical difficulty. Well, you could spill your coffee too, and just you know, you know, something could happen. But yeah, that's what happened. That's exactly okay. how we met. And then you, you, you were starting Hatch, and. Um, I was very excited to, to to really be part of it. You know, you're the very first group, first first cohort. Yeah. And uh, were the companies in, in the first cohort? space that you had down in Norfolk, downtown Norfolk. Don't make me go through all of them. Okay, so the first five were Vinyl Mint, uh -huh. Our Care Direct, which was a big thing with Nancy. She was a real big connection because that was Daniel Parker and Ian Daniel Taylor Parker. and and someone else. That was a Start Norfolk two winner. I think we were there. Um, Podium Pro with Sean Evangelista, who had right. just gotten out. He was one of the uh, Navy team guys, Navy SEAL team guys. Um, that story is incredible, too. Just how he saw an ad about ours in the paper, which we didn't run. So somehow it came and he was like at a campfire. Uh, and he's like, well, what am I going to do when I get out? I guess I'll start a company. And so he goes <laughs> to start Norfolk in, I think, at third place, something like that. Um, 
Vinyl Mint, uh, GM Engineering Services, which originally was, um, uh, or which became Notaris, and I think that's five. Oh, um, uh, uh, Zombie Tag, or whatever that was called with Bo. Oh, yeah, with Bo. Yeah. Yeah. Which then, I guess they did that until Start Norfolk 3, started the Makerspace, and then now that has at least two locations. At least two locations, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matter of fact, I will be at Fort Monroe to see Bo tomorrow. Well, tell them hello, because that, that, that location is great. I remember we had a HRIC, at the time it was HRIC event. Remember that? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. A walk down memory lane. It's like 2012 all over again. <laughs> you know, we were supposed wow. to only do that thing in that building for three months. So for it to, to be in that building for five years is uh, that's pretty cool to think about. Well, so. well, Zach, I mean, if you stop and think about it, you, you really launched a lot of what took place here in, in entrepreneurship in the region. I mean, you really did. You you were you were you were alone out there in the I can, wilderness, I would say. I can, I can see Zach glowing. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> I'll just be your yeah. PR agent. No, no, but I, I mean that sincerely, uh, because you know, as I think back on it, that was part of my 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 issue. You know, I I was not I lived here, but I didn't live here. You know, and I was very involved in a lot of very entrepreneurial acti- activities in healthcare and elsewhere. And I, I really didn't know where where to go. I, I really didn't, and how to kind of fit in and get involved. And particularly, um, I knew there would be a market for you know fractional CEOs for startups. That's literally how this all began for me hmm. uh, out, of, out of Amerigroup. And so, at any rate, that's that's kind of what happened. It's like, well, where do I start? And I had known Marty because he had run the program on the peninsula, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I forget the name of it now, but that's literally, you know, it's like, well, where do I, where do I jump in the pool, if you will? Um, and there weren't many, there weren't many places to do that. Um, and you, you were there, and you were off and running, and um, uh, that's literally. So I, I really do credit a lot of it with what you were doing at the time. Yep. Well, thank you for for that, and uh, just a reminder to everyone: you're looking at the OG right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh it's did that lead to your uh stint if you will with odu is is that what happened next nancy no no what because i'm just I was like, so happy i was so happy when they picked you because you weren't oh, one of the you. like you weren't one of the finalists if i recall you didn't have a name in the hat we had gone to babson i didn't together. have a name in the hat i yeah. was on the selection committee actually yeah yeah like <laughs> And then for you to get named, that was that was awesome. Well, well what was you. your journey then? Because I mean, like you, you're part of every group, every who's who, every power list. I mean, like, what what, what has been that journey? Well, uh, kind of what happened was when I when I um, you know I, I had a great job at Amer Group. You know, we we took the company public and grew it, and, all, and a lot of wonderful things. Did a lot of that. I was the chief business development officer there um, with founder Jeff McWaters, and then um, other other folks, but. Basically, you know, it was for me, I like to do stuff in the beginning and start it up. And so I knew at that point that um, really what I was good at was starting organizations up. And so I had started my own company called Avenir, um, which was to do fractional CEO work. And almost overnight, I got two clients and they were two amazing clients who were starting up amazing companies, one of which. Uh, I, I ended up running, which was Genomine, which is the biotech company. 
um, where we did genetic testing in psychiatry, uh, which is a really amazing company. It's, it's up and running, doing very well uh, outside of Philadelphia. And the other one was a, a very interesting home healthcare company, kind of like a match.com, if you will, for home care um, workers and people who needed home care assistance, which in turn has um, grown as well. But at any rate, I started out fractional and you, you can't be fractional for so long. So I ended up doing the, the, the stint with Genomind and it was an amazing, amazing, really um, ride into a, a couple of things. One was starting a company up from zero, um, being involved in biotech at a time when it was really growing, um, being involved in psychiatric biotech on top of it. And so um, I literally had the experience of doing the work. So even though in the past I'd done some entrepreneurial work, it had been under the umbrella of a corporation, right? But this was not, this was, this was a standalone. And so, you know, I, I learned, really went through the paces of raising money, doing a series A, building labs, uh, getting to know science advisors. I mean, it was just quite a, quite a journey for me to actually live it and breathe it. And in the process of doing that, um, and, and again, back to Zach, some of the things you were doing, you know, there was, there was activity starting to happen in the region. And so at the time, Old Dominion um, was one of the universities that wanted to lean into entrepreneurship, right? And so they had gotten a gift from a donor, um, an alum donor, Mark Strom, Mark and Tammy Strom, mm -hmm. to start up a center at Old Dominion University, not just at Old Dominion, but to be a regional player, which again is very much what ODU likes to do, you know, is play, play a bigger role uh, beyond the campus walls, if you will. And so uh, that's exactly what happened is what you said. I, I was actually on the selection committee for that because I'd been involved over at OVDU on some other things. And um, a person was selected, to be honest, and then they disbanded the committee. Um, and we all went back to our day jobs. And um, this would have been like in May of um, 14, 13, give or take. Yeah. Hmm. So we all go back to our day jobs because this person was supposed to start. Well, I'm, I'm driving my car down the highway in somewhere in fall of 14. And I get a phone call and say, you know what? The candidate we picked has withdrawn his name. And they're like, oh, my gosh, um, well, that's not good because, <laughs> you know, we all thought he was great. So what happened was uh, they, they really wanted to get the center off the ground. Uh, it was part of the strategic plan. Uh, President um, Broderick at the time was, was leading this. Uh, and so long story short, they surprised me completely out of the blue with an offer to be the, um, to, to really run, run the center on an emergency hire basis, you know, meaning mm -hmm. that um, it was, you know, a temporary kind of thing. You still would have to post for it after some years. So that's literally what happened. So I did both for a while. I did Genomind. Um, but you can't, again, it, you can't do two big jobs at the same time. You just can't do it. And meanwhile, we had decided that Genomind really needed to be run out of Philadelphia for a lot of reasons. Com Philadelphia is not a quick commute, obviously. Meanwhile, I really love what ODU was doing. Um, I could see the opportunity for um, not only the region, which again, Zach, I had seen through you, uh, but how a, a university like ODU could play a role. And the fact that they wanted to hire me as an entrepreneur, not an academic, right, um, was the other reason I took it. You know, I didn't want to have to worry about, um, you know, all the tenure issues and things of that nature. So anyway, that's literally what happened. And uh, wow. truthfully, it was the old Dominion experience uh, and the ability to work in the community, um, the ability to represent that university, the ability to work with amazing founders, um, that's really what 
sort of got me exposed, if you will, to the all the activity and the, and the opportunities here in the region. Yeah. And I can think of a couple of the companies that that have gone through that in some light. You know, you got Blade Taylor, you got the yeah. the, um, the pull fire start guy who apparently start is doing fire. I, Mike, Matt, I can't recall his name. Greg Tomchick. Um, Greg Tomchick. Uh, and many others. Those are the, the few that I can think of right now that have gone through that and 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 are are, are still around. I'm sure you know all you know ten thousand of them. Um, See if I could do pool start fire, probably not. I remember. <laughs> um, damn. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Like I remember the like I didn't actually believe in that product until I saw one of his pitches uh, at hmm. ODU's Lions Lair thing, and I was like, oh, look at this! It's finally there. Um, Vanna White. And so sometimes, look, you sometimes you just don't know. Uh, sometimes it just takes a little while to uh, to be convinced. And so it was cool to see that. Yeah, it was. And ODU really was. I mean, they their outreach was really special. I mean, and and continues to be. I mean, they're, they yeah, you did a great job with that, Nancy. I mean, it, so talk about the best of both worlds. You got to start something new and have a a, a much bigger impact from a regional standpoint. Yeah, I mean, it really is pretty amazing. And and uh, you know, I, I look at it in a number of different ways. I think one is uh, there were a number from just a student perspective. A number of those students, as you've pointed out, are obviously graduated, went on, and have either continued to run companies. Uh, work in something innovative in a larger company and or do both. Uh, I still hear from them and keep up with them. In fact, I've often thought we should do a sort of a, a, a reunion of sorts to motivate other students uh, about how you can do this. Smart. Uh, they had faculty across the entire university. Uh, and then we had the centers in the community. That was the other big difference. Um, so from the, from the start, it was really meant to, to, to be involved in the community. And then, um, you know, since that time, it, it's gone on um, to obviously be an R1 university and think about innovation in a, in a broadly defined area. So, uh, but yeah, a lot of that happened because of those those early years at Old Dominion. Yep. Growing up, I'm sure, I'm sure I can say this, all three of us, entrepreneurship wasn't like a thing that like, I believe we were really like told like is an avenue, is a thing that you can do. And right. so over the last I always say uh, Shark Tank had a big thing to to do with it, where they really yeah. kind of like globalized it, made it its own buzzword, made it made it this thing that could be popular. And then obviously there's other um, ancillary pieces to that. But like to now see it where it's like, okay, like some people think entrepreneurship is actually an industry. I don't know that I would go that far, no. but like it's 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 a thing that people can do instead of just going and working, you know, the corporate America, go to college, do the thing like how do you like how do you start getting people to to think that way when you know historically we were taught a different way and now it's like okay well maybe this is an avenue that you can go into and start your own thing what are, what are your kind of thoughts on just like guiding people towards maybe that being their career uh, well, it, it's an interesting question because we, we actually get asked that a lot now um, all the way to K through 12, you know, not just uh, higher ed, uh, about how do you begin to sort of think about these kinds of careers. And I think some of it is uh, really thinking about um, what do you like to do as a person? You know, do you like to make change? Do you like to solve problems? Um, do you like to have solutions? You know, and, and to really sort of point out that these are some of the key skills around innovation and entrepreneurship, and, and they can be applied anywhere. 
you know, I often talk about the fact that uh, these are skills that can be applied uh, on a daily basis, you know, and everything you do in your life, your family, your church, whatever you, 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 you have personally. Um, but you can also apply them in your career. So you can apply them in a large corporation, in a university, public sector, heaven knows we need it there as well. And then in startup, and, and it doesn't have to be um, the perfect path. And I often use my own self as an example. You know, I never started out to be an entrepreneur. Uh, as you pointed out, the, the word didn't even have any meaning to me. Um, but, but one thing I always knew, or I had people around me, teachers and others who would point out Girl Scout troop leaders, you know, that kind of thing, would sort of point out that I either was doing something um, innovative or I was organizing it or I was selling it or they, they would help me understand it. So I think one of the things I often tell all of us is to point it out in our colleagues, you know, when we see it, call it out. Because often people don't realize that they have a skill or talent. <laughs> they just, you know, right. just being themselves, if you will, you know. Well, and a, and a shout out to to Kempsville for yeah. their academy. And I've worked with York County School Division the last couple of years. Uh, Reactor, we hosted Hampton uh, with Kickatan High School. I mean, it's like that kind of stuff was never when we were going through school, that, that was no. not, a, it was never even brought up to us as an opportunity. So for them to, yeah, it was like an that, extracurricular, right? Like Decca or something yeah. like that. Decker, yeah. 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 If Odyssey they of the that. mind. I think they, I think they still have Decca. Do they they still yeah. have, yeah, yeah, yeah. They still have Decca for sure. Yeah. That's actually a very good way to build a lot of talent marketing yeah. and presentation skills and things. Yeah. I was just a judge at a Decca for the, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and and it, that's great. It's great to see what those students, uh, what they do. Um, and it's, it's great preparation for them. Well, and one thing I would add, uh, um, a lot of industries now, particularly high growth industries, are trying to uh, move into, if you will, um, um, uh, elementary and primary, um, secondary school with the idea of introducing students to these really amazing uh, job opportunities that you might not know about, right? And so it doesn't mean necessarily you're going to follow a career path, but at least you're going to know about it and get exposed to it. And so in many ways, I know we even fund some of this with our Go Virginia programs. Uh, we've done some in life science and technology and others, uh, whereby um, business, businesses in the community um, and others will actually work with the school. So we're not trying to burden schools to do even more. Right. We're just trying to augment the, the resources that they have. So uh, I think you'll see more and more industries trying to do that so that students at very, very young ages can start to think about these new careers, how they want to fit in, uh, how innovation plays in their lives, um, and, and doing it much, much earlier than certainly we ever did when we were kids. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think. I mean, like we would hear that when we were in school that, oh, the jobs that are available today are not going to be available when you graduate. And then yeah. we hear it over and over and over again, and we don't think that it's possible. But yet every single time there's a new wave of technology that completely changes the yeah. job market. And we're in the middle of that now yeah. with AI. And it's just it's just bananas. So these schools, good on them for recognizing they have to continue to stay ahead uh, of of what technology is doing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'm interested. Especially with our region, uh, drone technology, shipbuilding, all those important, important parts to, to continue to, to train and, and educate our work, future workforce. Right, and, and the, the side benefits of doing all of that is also to point out to our, our um, young 
students, what amazing opportunities exist in our region often. You know, we may not realize that we have um, uh, an uncrewed system industry here, or we may not realize there are life sciences here, or we may not realize uh, that NASA Langley is here. I, I can go on, but a, a lot of it is has a, a secondary, equally important benefit of why the region's exciting, as well as those particular career fields, because these businesses and organizations are right here. You've been someone who, as we already talked about, has introduced me to, to several different people. It's probably introduced him to, to several different people. And I'm sure I introduced you to at least one or two people. I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm going to give you all the kudos. But introductions are something that are, in my mind, uh, need to be cherished and need to be very like reserved and be very careful with because you're kind of putting your yourself out there and saying like, Hey, like this person is cool. You should talk to them. Mm -hmm. And if, if something goes wrong, you know, maybe the person gets mad at you about, about how that relationship didn't go to where you wanted it to, but you've been very open to, to just making introductions to making introductions and are like, whatever, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Are you, do you, what are your just thoughts on introductions? You're in a role now where I'm, I'm sure you're meeting a lot of people. You're getting a lot of introductions. Like how, how important is introductions and the access to introductions and to different people in this region? Like, is that something that is missing and you encourage more people to, to not be so like, to not cherish those things the way that maybe I have? Like, like what are your just thoughts on, on introductions as a whole? Well, my, my thoughts are, you know, as I as I th sort of think about my personal self, you know, I, I never thought of myself when I was a growing up as a little kid as being a particularly social, outgoing, group oriented type of person. You know, I, I didn't really wasn't that interested in being in sororities and, you know, all that sort of thing. But but the one thing I always liked to do, I always found it interesting to really listen to what people were saying or ask them questions and then just let your brain work, if you will. <laughs> Uh, about um, who else they might want to meet or who they might be interested in working with or how in the future, maybe there'd be a relationship. You, you sort of, you know, let, let yourself work on a little bit. And, and so for me, the, the excitement about networking is really around the connecting of dots, if you will, and connecting of peoples as opposed to the simple act of, of introductions. And I, I guess, you know, I've had the experience overall where either because of people who have opened doors for me throughout my life. Uh, and, and um, of course, not every door has, you know, turned out to be what I thought or been, been perfect, but in many respects, it's been beyond my, 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 my imagination. And so that's part of the reason I do it. To me, to me it's sort of a, a very low risk type of thing to do. You know, you have nothing, nothing to lose because you know, first of all, you don't have a dog in the hunt. You're simply introducing two people or two concepts or ideally a person, a concept and, a, and another person. So you, you're just having that function. You know, you're, you're not you're not um, taking responsibility for it, uh, but you are trying to find some some commonality. And so I think that's probably the most important thing. You know, random connections aren't necessarily that helpful, but obviously ones that, you know, that have meaning. And, and the other thing we often forget about is connections over time. And I think one of the most amazing things to me now, and Zach, I mean, you, here, you and I are actually a great example. I mean, you stop and think about it. You, you know, we met years ago, right? 
um, we're, we're in similar spaces. We do similar things, but you know, we have a lot of people in common. We do a lot of the same things. We a lot of, and so there's been this longevity or relationship. So those are the kinds of things that I in particular, um, you know, would, would cherish because these are the longer term relationships that you build, not just the one-on-ones that you happen to, you know, to introduce. So I totally encourage it. And in fact, when I was still at ODU and many times in a lot of the programming we do, we really encourage people to get comfortable <laughs> with the idea of not just being uh, being networked, number one, right? So being on the recipient side of this, sometimes we forget about that. You're like, what do I do with it after I've met you? You know, <laughs> it's nice to say hello, but how do I, you know, what's sort of the right mix of, of, of responding to it from a, an intensity, a timing, uh, an engagement uh, perspective? And then back on the other side, for those of us who can be introducers, um, really, you know, how do you do that? You know, how do you intentionally lean in to do it without looking like it's forced? And so I think there's some some practice that that makes it easier and actually fun. I think that's the other thing. This, this is a fun thing. You get genuine joy <laughs> when you see that you've been able to introduce two people or three or four or two yeah. organizations. You know, it doesn't have to just be two people. And you see that there really was um, a reason to do so. Well, what if you're looking to you, just in the sense, um, so if, if, I hope that people are paying attention to the show first and foremost, because we talked about the history of uh, and the knowledge that you bring. You like to start things from zero and, and build things from that standpoint. But then you talk about opening your network and making those connections. And a lot of that, I would say most of that along with your personality, attributes to where you are today with leading the Hampton Roads Executive Roundtable. All those things had to work together in order to put you in the position that you are are in today. So there, there's there's lots of lessons to be to be looked at from that point of view. And here we are, we've been talking for 26 minutes and we haven't even talked about why, you know, what, what we got to get backstory into this. We got to build her. I up, understand. You know? I, I totally yeah. understand. Yeah. But you can't just, all can't that just go say, in there. No, all that to say it all led it's, to this. It's funny you say that actually, because it, like for people I've only recently met, it sounds like kind of a Hampton Rose executive roundtable. Sounds like very corporate sounding, right? So it, it sort of is, but it isn't. And and so there is a backstory to it. There really is. And there's a reason why I took it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, because I can't imagine, you couldn't just put anybody in that position. I mean, you have to know these people. Everyone has to feel comfortable and you have to bring everyone together. And, and like we, you're, you're guiding, you're not telling. So uh, that's not an easy task. All those. No, it's not. A, and it's not at all. Yeah. Well, I, th I think a lot of it comes from the fact that I have been very fortunate in my career to, I guess, a couple things. One is, is to have been in a number of different settings. Um, so I have been in the corporate world, but I've also been in the public sector world and higher ed world. Um, I've, you know, I've run a startup. Um, um, I've been in several different industries. I've lived in several different places in the country. Uh, so there, there's a lot of potential just right there um, in terms of understanding how all these pieces can fit together. And so I think that's that's one thing that has worked in my favor. And, and I enjoy that mix. You know, not everybody likes all of that activity, if you will, or all of that um, engagement across many, many sectors. You know, I've, I've always been one who liked all of that. Some people like to spend their time 
deeply in one sector and that needs to happen also. I just happen to not be that person. I'm one of the ones that looks across the board. And so in many ways, that's what a group like the Executive Roundtable does. I mean, we're really trying to think about how does this region grow beyond where it is today? How does it compete effectively across the country with other regions? And, and that has to happen, not through any one secret sauce. It, it, is, it is an ingredient, it's ingredients that go into it. And it's a mix of the business community, the higher ed community, um, our, our startup and entrepreneurial, our innovation community. Uh, it, it's all around the, the different geographies we represent. And, and so in many regards, some of my history sort of led to a place that uh, actually needs to bring all of these pieces together because we are not a monolithic region at all. And uh, I think anybody who lives here would, would understand that and believe it. And at the same time, we have so much to offer. So I think that's literally how, in many ways, I got where I am at this location. With What, what does the executive roundtable mean to the average person uh, or, or the startup founder? Like, why, what, what, why should they pay attention? Why should they get involved? Well, there's probably two big reasons. One is uh, Hampton Roads has many definitions and many names. Uh, for us, it includes 17 jurisdictions that run all the way from the Eastern Shore, Williamsburg, the entire peninsula, entire South Side, all, all of White and Franklin. So we really look big picture. So we're looking at a lot of a lot of people, a lot of jurisdictions, a million seven people, if you think all in for the region. And, and so what's important to the average citizen is we're really trying to think about how to continue to build the economy, uh, to grow jobs um, in industries that are growth, not only for our region, but for our nation, um, which increases the well-being of the community. Um, increases the um, the energy of the region. Uh, all of that is important just on a, on a daily basis um, to, to citizens. But what, what's really important, I think, to entrepreneurs, and, and, and I think what's so exciting about where our region is, is right now is, you know, again, very often entrepreneurs will form their own organizations, meet among themselves. Um, there's, a, there's a very easy engagement that happens uh, among entrepreneurs, because number one, they're sharing an experience of growing a company, or they're building they're building activities, uh, they're raising money, they're trying to they have a, a whole series of things that that is very important to have a network of their own. And sometimes it's it's very easy to fall into that and spend your time on that. I, I know I can say that having having done that. But what we have to remember is every one of those entrepreneurs, every one of those founders, is part of the engine of the economy here for a couple of reasons. Number one, they are creating jobs here. They are creating an industry here. They are creating wealth here. They're creating economic activity here. And there's a, a bigger role that we often forget as an entrepreneur beyond uh, our company uh, on its own. And I think what's exciting now is for our region, there's a definite realization that Innovation and entrepreneurship is going to be part of the big drive here and is part of the big drive. It's aligning with some of our major industries as they continue to innovate. And um, there is much more of a, of a network pathway now where people that are not in these uh, silos uh, as much. Uh, but again, back to the networking idea, trying to cross boundaries between corporations, government, and others who are now trying to innovate and have actually partners here in the region. So 
those are just some very, very quick reasons that I would give why the, the, the executive roundtable has meaning not only to citizens, but, but to the entrepreneurial community here. And what makes up the round table, so to speak? Yeah, so uh, the round table, just, just two points that are worth pointing out, a little bit of history. Um, often the, the region is criticized that we have a lot of organizations and it's not clear who does what. And so uh, to, to their credit, um, in uh, 2022, late 22, uh, two organizations, the uh, reInvent Hampton Roads and the Hampton Roads Business Roundtable, very similar in nature, very strategic organizations, some board overlap. Um, uh, ultimately came to the conclusion that they needed to come together as one uh, for a couple of reasons. One is uh, they had very similar missions. Um, uh, one plus one in this case would be would equal to three because they'd be able to put more of the power behind the strategic direction. And then some very obvious ones such as overlap of board membership and um, those kinds of things. And so Big decision. Um, both groups uh, at the end of 22 um, uh, voted to bring the two groups together. We created um, the new organization just just a year ago, uh, named at Hampton Roads Executive Roundtable. Uh, so similar name, and um, basically it's an organization with a board that's uh, comprised of major corporations in our region. Um, the two co-chairs are Dennis Massas, who's president and CEO of Centera Healthcare and Cliff Fleet, he is president and CEO of Colonial Williamsburg Foundation, so they serve as our, 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 our leaders. We have major corporations represented, no surprise, Huntington Ingalls, uh, Town Bank and others. The Hampton Roots Community Foundation, a big partner, so a lot of the, uh, major organizations like that. Uh, we've intentionally added um, higher education because of the strong connection between the business and higher ed communities. So, for example, uh, we've recently brought, brought on Dr. Adam, Javon Adams from Norfolk State and um, Dr. Brian Hemphill from uh, ODU. And we're adding uh, growth companies um, as well. So the idea here, back to what's going to really drive the region, um, it's going to be our corporations, our public sector partners as ex officio, our universities and growth companies. And so that's really the membership of the group. And um, again, our goal is strategic. So we are not trying to run programs. Uh, we work uh, directly aligned with the Workforce Council that does workforce programs. Um, great partner, the Hampton Roads Alliance does a lot on business development, business attraction here, Doug Smith. We have a planning district commission. So again, I think the good thing here is we're aligning our roles and responsibilities. And my particular group is really more focused on strategy and um, the fact that we also run the Go Virginia program on behalf of the Commonwealth uh, here in Region 5. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure how to articulate this, but hopefully it makes sense. So a lot of these organizations, to the general public, the things that these organizations want, they should just have, right? Like if I'm, if I'm just someone with a job, I'm not, and I have a career, you know, I'm not necessarily looking for these things, but I want them to be there. And so, like, like I said, it's hard to articulate this, but it's like <laughs> to 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 just the person who lives in the region, you know, they want these things, but they're not necessarily seeking after them. They just when they go to apply for a job, they want it to be there when they when they want to go to a restaurant. It just happens to be there when they when when they want any of these things, they just want it to be there. They don't realize that there's this that there are are these organizations that are yeah. working towards bringing those things is there. Okay. So that makes sense. Got it. So 
is there a way for the general population to understand that? Because I think there's all these organizations, including mm -hmm. yours, and there's a lot of just businesses in general that are doing yeah. a lot of things for the community. But the general population, which is the overwhelming majority of those 1.7 million people, have no idea that these things are actively happening. Is there a way to bring those people to really understand that these things are happening in any kind of way? Or even just like, let's say like Start Norfolk 3 that had four or 500 people at it. Mm -hmm. The overwhelming majority of those 1.7 million people had no idea that thing was, yeah. was happening. So so what are, like, do we just not worry about that and just it'll happen? Or is there a way for those individuals to to understand that this stuff is happening? What, what are your thoughts on that? Because I, I think it's important that they know it. And I think that would actually help their kind of positivity of the area go mm -hmm. up. But I don't think a lot of these things are understood at that level of kind of the general population. Well, that, well, they're really not. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know that our region is any better or worse in that regard, but, but I would, I would agree with your point. And, and I think a couple things that maybe would help. You know, one one that we've talked about quite a bit in the region, and I, I, I do think there's going to be some momentum ahead on this, is is really talking and promoting and marketing the region as a whole. Um, you know, we've, we've had a lot of discussions over the many, many years about the name of the region. Um, but, but setting that aside for a second, let's just think about the fact that we do have a lot to talk about what's going on here, but we don't really have a lot of marketing messages. We don't have branding. So we've been talking a lot with some of these groups um, and about how to really put together um, the really the power of place messaging, right? Why it's great to be here. What are the things about it? Not just the businesses and industries, but the quality of life and the activities that go on on a daily basis. And so um, missing is, is a campaign or an initiative or a strategy campaign is probably not the right word because this is ongoing that would, would definitely help that so that there would be more general awareness of, of what is going on. The, the, the major issue, and you know, it, it, growing up, I, I've spent a lot of time in um, as at my junior high, my high school, my college, I ran the newspaper, you know, of course newspapers barely exist these days and a lot of it's online. But the one thing that the media did do is present news about what was happening in a region. So it wasn't necessarily filtered by a person's interest or geography, but presented in some form of objectivity. You, you can debate what that might be, but at least it was presented. So fast forward to today, um, again, no, no new news here, but uh, it's harder to do because um, you know media are strapped. Um, social media makes it much easier to look at what you wanna read. And it's harder to read about things that are happening in general. So we're missing a stripe of communication help. You know, I will call out, Tim, your organization, uh, Innovate HR. Again, you've done a great job of merging two groups, but, you know, you do quite a good job, I think, of, of really describing what's happening in our entrepreneurial space here in the region um, by shining a light on the entrepreneurial activities, the companies, the opportunities. And so um, you, you've really taken an attempt to, to pull that together, which was missing as one of the pieces that that I think people need to hear about. So those are some things I think we need to do on a macro level. At a personal level, you know, there's nothing like being personally civic engaged in your community. And, and that can be done in a number of ways. Um, volunteer work in your community, 
uh, a number of organizations, I'll call out Volunteer Hampton Roads and some others, uh, are very happy to match people who want to get involved in their community with, with very specific needs. And so another way to, to be involved and, and understand more what's happening is to be much more involved in your community. And a final thing I will say is um, just about every city uh, in our region and many organizations have advisory boards, boards, commissions. You can volunteer to serve on them. You can sign up. And uh, it's a great experience, not only to be aware, but to shape. And so I would make that ask of people um, that it's a way to get involved. And, and again, not just uh, watch what's happening, but shape what, what your community has and could be. What yeah, I know for me about? personally, I, I participated in Civic uh, mm -hmm. last year and being a resident of this area for 20 something years, it's almost embarrassing, you know, when you realize how much you don't know about the region. And before that, I any of the lead programs there's there's the, that the chambers put on. I mean, it's a great way to to really understand what the region has to offer uh, and, and take a look at those as well. But to your point, yeah. Nancy, you, you get out of it, what you put into it and you, yeah. you, you got to put something in, you don't have, people can always sit back and complain, but you really, until you put the effort in, you don't know how special this area is. Yeah. I don't know that people know to be searching for some of this stuff either. Right. And so I remember back in 2011, 2012, a lot of people were the, the, the job conversation, the brain drain thing was, there isn't this competitor across the street type yeah. of thing. So a lot of people go somewhere else so that if a bad day happens and that company right. lays people off, they close, they can go somewhere else. And so I don't, I don't know that the general public thinks that way, but, but something that I was thinking about as you were saying this is I remember in what, 2013, 2014 timeframe when Amerigroup was acquired right? Mm -hmm. When Smithfield Foods was acquired. And those were actually very negative stories that, that came out from your traditional um, publications. Mm -hmm. When I remember when, when people asked me about it, I was like, if I started a company 15, 20 years ago, and I just sold that for a billion dollars plus, that's a damn good story to be selling for this right. region. Right. That's how we should be positioning this, not the other way. And like that's a huge thing. You see X Tuple, they were acquired in the last yeah, year. You see, yeah. you see what Drone Up is doing by by partnering with, with Walmart. Embody. Embody. Yeah, like such big positive stories that can be spun a certain way yeah. to, to be that, to say, hey, like look, look at the map of what we've been able to do. And that's just a handful of companies that we've talked about. There that's there's plenty more that that none of us know about, which is even crazy, mm -hmm. you know. Um but the, just the positioning of the way that we tell these stories, I think, is incredibly important and, and to get behind and, and to sell them as positives when I think historically maybe we are negative around the exact same headline of that story is, yeah. is, is going to be important to, to yeah. storytelling to the future. Well, the storytelling really matters. And, um, you know, one of my favorite ones, of course, is Dollar Tree. Uh, you know, yeah. started here you know, J.B. Toil, I mean, a long time ago. And, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful story. Um, but again, you, you might not necessarily know that. Um, and, and you think, well, they, they, they just popped up everywhere in the world. So, I mean, sometimes there's a, there's a return to some of the really interesting companies that, that really started here and built here. And, 
And uh, I think the other thing is um, there, and I've discovered this myself even recently, uh, we've been working on a, we had been working on a project for the region around um, uncrewed systems and autonomous systems. And in the process of pulling the, the team together in the region, again, big, big definition of the region, we ran across a number of really amazing companies, uh, young companies that are here. They're operating. They have customers, right? They're 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 not napkin stage, if you will, um, and they are full bore building their businesses, right? But we haven't sort of aggregated them to your point earlier about the fact that these companies exist in the region. So I think we, those of us who are in these roles, you guys certainly are in it, and me and others. You know, part of our job is to make sure that um, we find ways to not only uh, aggregate and bring these companies together, but but talk about them, right? And that one just happened to come across because we were working on this group. And we and the, the funny thing to me was, it's almost like I, I, I called myself a lightning rod for a moment on this project because we were pulling together companies that had some interest in the field, right? And between the networking that we talked about earlier in this call, in this meeting, um, People who know people, you know, kind of a saying, they said, well, you know, did you ever hear about X company or this company or that company? Um, we were able to find um, a number of organizations and that we just frankly had not identified that are here, introduced them to each other. And obviously um, we have a ways to go here, but I call this one out as an example where there was a lot really happening and unfolding. It just hadn't been... Um, if you will, curated, shall we say, or collaborated in a way that people could see it. So um, again, those of us who are in these jobs, part of our job is to do some of that. Um, and, and again, I'm speaking, Tim, you and, you and Zach do a lot of this yourself, um, but, but that's part of our jobs to help do this. Well, we haven't even touched base yet on the maritime stuff that's going on. What's, what's happening on the maritime front? Uh, yet another story that the region we get, we got to continue to amplify. Yeah, so, you know, uh, again, Maritime's a fascinating one to me being from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I didn't grow around, grow up around this, but, you know, for, I think for a number of years, there was a period of time that the region, and I'll speak just generically, uh, perhaps didn't view, quote unquote, the maritime industry as big as it is, as innovative as it is, or as important to the growth of the region as it is. And there was a, a tendency to perhaps, um, maybe ignore it, uh, uh, try to build away from it. I remember um, during somewhere during the pandemic, a couple of us uh, had to do a, um, a virtual presentation about the maritime industry with some uh, leaders of the, of the region. And we started the meeting out by saying, all right, put, put some words in the chat. When we say the maritime industry, put some words in the chat that come to mind. And so they put words like boat, water, big boat, gray, so then several of us did our presentations and we talked about what was happening with uh, all of the new technologies, Huntington Ingalls, Newport New Shipbuilding. We talked about offshore wind. We talked about the subsea cables. We talked about what's happening at the Port of Virginia right now. You know, we, we, uh, we described what was happening at ODU, um, all of that. And so at the end of these two hours, just for fun, we said, all right, put some words in the chat. What do you think about maritime if you have any new thoughts? Well, guess what? New words, innovative, future did not know. So to me, that's like a little Rorschach of, of how the region has often thought about it. And so again, during the pandemic, we actually put together an organization called the Hampton Roads Maritime Collaborative for Growth and Innovation. Um, it was co-led by 
um, Old Dominion, um, uh, retired um, uh, Vice Admiral David Archizel and um, W. Wynn, who, of course, passed away recently, uh, really needs to be called out here as an amazing regional leader, certainly a longtime mentor uh, of mine. But at any rate, they had started it. And um, the group really pushed on a couple things to happen in the region. Um, they really provided an external push on Old Dominion to create the Maritime Initiative, which it did. Um, and they have recently also created um, a, a new school, got approval from CHEV, um, the, um, the new school for um, logistics, supply chain and maritime operations. Um, the Hampton Roads Workforce Council, I will call them out. They have created a maritime pathway, so a way to look at training in that, in that whole arena. Um, that group spearheaded um, a study from Techonomy around maritime innovation that really called out the need for the uncrewed system as a way to uh, build the economy here uh, and also to continue to build young growth companies. Um, it really was responsible for some of the major investments. So Fair, I'll use Fairwinds Landing as a good example. And then uh, the offshore wind industry was growing. So rather than being a competitor, we thought about it as being collaborative. And so the Alliance was able to get a Go Virginia grant to build out the supply base. So a lot happened very quickly with that organization. And you look today and a lot of the opportunity ahead in our region is right here in our neighborhood between the Navy doing a lot of innovations, Jefferson Lab now doing a lot more in this arena. As I mentioned before, the, the offshore wind industry building. So we really do have a lot now that's going to take us into the future with the maritime industry maybe not just the traditional way that we've thought about it uh, in the past. That word association thing is, is pretty interesting, right? And so, you know, the words before boat, yep. big boat, gray, gray. water, to change. <laughs> you know, I think something like that, to go back to my point 20 minutes ago about like people not knowing about the region, yeah. it would be interesting to do something like that. What do you think of this region, you know, overall from a business perspective? Yeah do that, then do a two hour showcase and then ask yeah. for the word association <laughs> afterwards. Because I think a lot of times yeah. we, we as top level people or people that are, you know, know all this stuff, we're just like, oh, okay, it's there. We know this. Everyone else should know this, but everyone that doesn't, that's my point of all this. It's like, there are 1.7 million people who have no idea about this stuff and we need yeah. to do a better job as the people who know that and promote these things. And, I, and I'm, I'm saying it now, like, we need to be doing a better job of of letting those know that hey, like there there are some pretty rad things going on here. Here they are. Let's at least have a five out of ten word association, you know, mm -hmm. positive stuff instead of maybe some of the other things. And so, like, and that's not even including like the music stuff. Oh you know, yeah, some of the greatest oh, yeah. musicians ever. Include, oh, that's like a whole nother. Well, that's a great idea. We should actually pursue a version of what you just said because. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just so amazing to me because this keeps happening. I keep seeing it over, <laughs> over and over yeah. and over. And, and, but, but, um, you, but you guys did it and saw success with it in two hours. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty rad. And then yeah, it, was, we did. It, was, it was, it was pretty, you know, I, that was not the point. The point was to do the training, you know, and education about, you know, it was, it was one of those sessions. And, it, this is one of those things where you have to take the spur of the moment, right? Right. <laughs> I'm going to take the spur of the moment just for fun and say, put the words in the chat. Well, and yeah. as I sit back and I think about this, we, 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 this region has had life. Life has been so good for so long. Yeah. That we haven't really been faced with any, 
adversity to recognize. I'm sure right now everybody around the China or the Red Sea, they know how important maritime is right now because their world is just turned upside down where we've not had to we're pretty stable and we've been really, really stable and steady for a long time that we've not really faced I, any adversity. I just knocked on wood for all of us. So you're welcome. Well, <laughs> we are, we are very, very fortunate with we are the DOD here. Every service is here. We have the deepest ports that are here. Jefferson lab, as you mentioned, Nancy, I mean, we have so many resources that any other MSA or wannabe MSA, they would die to have one of those resources in their backyard. And we have so many to choose from. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think our challenge is uh, connecting all those dots into a picture that people see. Right. That's the challenge right there, because you can see this one and this one and this one. It's a collage. But it's the it's the collage of the constellation. You know, maybe it's not a North Star. It's a constellation. I right. See. Right. Uh, because it, it, that's truly what we have here. We, we, we really do. And um, again, not, not being um, born here originally and having seen a lot of other places, I, I, you know, I really do believe that. And uh, I, think, I think we have an opportunity to connect some dots ahead. And I think there's a willingness to do it. I think there's some interest to do it. And uh, I think, again, in terms of our regional competitiveness across the country, we, we really have to do it. We have to do it. Can we play a little time warp? You know, let's look back when we first met. It was 2011, 2012 timeframe. And now we're 20, 2024. Wow. What, what's changed? Like, are we making progress? Like where, you know, to look back at what, you know, what you saw then, what you see now, maybe even what you saw, you know, when you first moved here, like, has that needle moved or like, is the I think progress so. I mean, for me personally, I think that we moved from cooperation to now seeing collaboration. And mm -hmm. it took a long time to, to establish that cooperation, just to sit at the table. And, and Nancy, you making the introductions and bringing people together. It's amazing to me how many organizations want to talk to one another, but they don't know one another. Right. And then once you get them at the table to get them to start talking, then we can actually collaborate. But I would love your take, Nancy. Well, no, I would agree with that. I, I, I think there's there's there was a lot more balkanization, shall we say, back then among organizations uh, I think there was a lot more um, competition among cities, to be honest. Uh, I think that's gotten significantly better uh, for a lot of reasons. So that to me has been has been noticeable. Um, the other thing that's been noticeable, and again, having spent a lot of it on the innovation entrepreneur side, I mean, it, it, there has been a dramatic change uh, in, in that from from a number of perspectives, you know, uh, literally. In fact, Tim, your organization catalogs some of this. You, you can catalog a number of organizations now that are working with startup businesses um, in many ways, uh, shapes and forms. So some are organizations like the ones that are here on the screen, the universities now, Norfolk State, ODU, CNU, uh, all have programming, uh, Hampton University. I, can, I don't want to leave anybody out because everyone has got a version now of, of a really cool program, the community colleges are doing more work, TCC, as you mentioned earlier, now the middle school and high schools are, are involved. Uh, and then you look at the cities, and I'm very excited to see a number of our, um, our cities, uh, primarily in their economic development departments, um, and then their small minority business contracting areas, um, and in some places, community development are leaning into this with um, either programming, sites, 
partnerships uh, to really grow and expand locations, which is something that we were not seeing before. Um, we have seen our angel group here, 757 Angels, uh, grow over that period of time. We did not have an angel group uh, back then. Uh, we do now, um, which has since partnered now with uh, Venture South. Uh, we're powered by Venture South. So that's a really exciting uh, opportunity we did not have before. We didn't have an accelerator before, um, an actual program to go into uh, 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 programming over a period of time with cohorts. So we have that at 757 um, Collab with the Accelerate. And we also have a, a really great program with Black Brand that runs the B-Force Accelerator. I run several cohorts a year there. I, I don't want to leave anybody out on these programs. But as you can see, there's a fair amount of that that has changed dramatically. I think the opportunity now is we're starting companies up and we want to make sure that we continue to support them in that next phase of growth, which is a little bit different. Some need manufacturing, some need marketing, some need talent, some need financing. And those are the ones we've got to be careful we don't lose because it's very easy to be attracted out of the region. Your, you know, your investors want you to move. Uh, you may need a, a light manufacturing site and you're in a cool industry. So state A or B will want to recruit you out. So I think we have to pay attention to a little of that, but we didn't even have that problem back 12 years ago. So I think that's, that's been extremely uh, noticeable to me. And the final thing I will say is, um, I'm going to comment on our higher ed community. Uh, again, I, I think they have, as a, as a group, we're, we're fortunate to have four community colleges here in our region, uh, a number of private and public four-year universities. Um, we have R1 now and ODU. I mean, that whole constellation of higher ed has dramatically uh, upped its game, if you will, in many respects um, in terms of their engagement in the community, the programming they do, the training, the graduates, and the partnership. And that, to me, has been very noticeable since since um, uh, back in 2012. 112,000 students in this wow. in this region. That's a lot. That's a I remember lot. I that was a number we came up with uh, at the first day of the startup community address. That's a lot. I, thought, I was like, damn, that is a that's <laughs> that's an entire Michigan stadium of students. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, you just don't think that. No. Right. It, it, it's there. So, no. Tim. No, I. I as we're getting ready to wrap, I, I, Nancy, are you, would it be fair to say that you are like the closest thing to like a non-elected governor of Hampton Roads, if you will? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just a dot connector. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you do is, is super, super important. And oh, we appreciate you. your time. And, and I really... I think the three of us, and especially you, Nancy and Zach, I mean, it's just you're like the the great oak trees that that sprinkle acorns, and thousands of acorns have to drop, and only a few, a, a select few will grow up to be another oak tree. But uh, it, it takes all of that effort to it does to make the impact. So for that, I, I thank thank well, you and all that you do. Well, and you know, back at you. I, first of all, for doing the Fervent Four show, this is very exciting. You've got a great track record, and um, each of you, in your own right, have been amazing leaders in entrepreneurship. And we're like, we're fortunate to have you here. And I appreciate the invitation to be on the show. This is this is exciting, and and I really do think we should take you up on that idea, Zach. Okay, I'll take ten percent of all the profits of everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my go-to line, you know. You got to get the word association guy. Right. Oh yeah, the word. <laughs> There you go. Nancy, it's been a blast. We appreciate your time. Yeah, and, good uh, seeing you guys. Yeah, thank you, Nancy. You're welcome. A long time welcome. coming. Happy New Year, both of you, and everybody listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.